This is a show about the future of consumer, the companies creating it, the technologies powering it, and the VCs funding it. We're your hosts, Steph and Lauren. Welcome to Allow List. Let's dig in. You guys, we have an incredible episode for you today. We sat down with a woman named Yana Babosakova. I hope that I pronounced that right. Um, Yana, we love you. She is the co-founder of Kiki World. And basically her background is building fast-growing brands in the consumer and beauty space. But now she's building Kiki, which is part technology company and part consumer brand company. And guess what, you guys? She is partnering with companies like A16Z Crypto. What, what? Um, to get the mentorship that she needs to bring this what, to What, what? What, what? What, what? <laughs> Lauren. Yeah. What did we get into in this episode? Yana is amazing. Um, I met her through my job um, investing in Web3 brands, but she's not the average deal I usually come across. They are a beauty brand um, using blockchain in the background to enable co-creation. What does all that mean? It basically means you get to tell your favorite beauty company what product you want them to bring to life. And they're not bringing just like your age old concealer to life. They're bringing one day wear nail polish that you can peel off and body paint and all these really innovative, cool products um, also delivered in a totally different tube, I guess, uh, totally different packaging. Totally tubular. Totally tubular. Um, <laughs> Yana is so freaking smart and talking to her about this business was so interesting because there's a massive beauty side and there's a massive tech side and they're the sexiest looking brand that has ever touched the blockchain. So... She's smart. She's cute. She's dope. She's just like you, listener. You're going to enjoy this one. <laughs> Let's get into it. Yana, it is so exciting to have Lalist. I've heard incredible things. I've been creeping Kiki World on the interwebs for, I don't know, months now. Thanks for coming on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Kiki World is like all the rage in our office. Like Grace and I just talk Kiki World 24 seven. I'm like, did you vote yet? Did you see the new hair paint? Did you vote? <laughs> that is, that is like, it, it's so fun. We are obsessed with everything Kiki World. So we can't wait to get into it. For the listener who is probably meeting you for the first time, learning about Kiki World for the first time. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and your career up until the point of um, starting Kiki World? Sure. So um born and raised in the Czech Republic, living the American dream is what I always like to say, because it's definitely been a journey. Um, I My original background is actually, I'm a development economist and pricing of public goods is sort of what I can finally say with some sense of relevance in my career now that we're building Kiki. However, I will say I probably would have done just about anything for the opportunity to work in the United States. And the opportunity that I got was actually through operating our family-owned business. So I started a beauty distribution business in the Czech Republic that my mom now runs after grad school. And one of the brands that we were distributing has became very close with the founders. We've done a lot of work together in launching the brand across Europe, Middle East, Russia, yeah. dirty word now. But um, uh, when Safari US came knocking on their door, uh, the founder needed a trusted person to handle that launch. And that trusted, I was very lucky to be that person. So I came into the US growing an Irish own company, which was um, magical in its own way. But it also was tough because foreign businesses operating in the US tend to be underfunded compared to US companies. The access to capital internationally 
exceptionally is just different. I often like to remind U.S. founders that complain that as bad as it may seem here, it really is the best in the world still. <laughs> so um, so that was my ticket to America. And really, I, I would say that my background is in growing early stage companies, uh, sort of the first 30 to $50 million of sales, which I always feel very insecure saying in the tech context, because it doesn't sound like much, but I'd say for consumer brand startups, those are the thresholds that most brands never cross. And I think um, having operated foreign owned companies in the US as the most competitive market in the world, I'm also an operator that's very conscious of sort of very basic parameters like gross margin, cash flow, some of the things that you need to do for brand equity, but also things that you need to do to mind your bottom line and cash flow. And so I have a relatively unique background from a consumer space coming into Kiki. It's funny because your background is in consumer and we met through my day job, which is investing in Web3 technology. And as I quickly found out, your background was not Web3 and you were not, you did not wake up one morning and say, I'm obsessed with the blockchain. I want to build a tech company. So tell us the founding story behind Kiki World. Sure. So um, I, I'll preface everything by saying that I have two incredible co-founders, Ricky and Brandon, that make me look good. And all three of us have um, backgrounds in running our agencies in, in the in the consumer space. Um, me in the operator and innovation space. Um, Ricky is a leading creative genius. Uh, he's worked behind many many, many famous beauty brand projects. He's also worked alongside companies like Google and Nike. Um, and Brandon, who's an incredible digital product person. And so we got together, we knew about each other through the industry and actually it was a founder of a biotech company that said, you guys need to get into the room together and something great's gonna happen. And that was around the time that I was already have, thinking through, okay, I know, I know so many vendors through which unique capabilities we could really innovate from first principles not just iterate on what already exists but like if you're solving for things like aligning of alignment of incentives in the beauty space which completely depends on creator content and customer reviews yet most of it is unrewarded um you know there there's so many technologies that we can use that are under under leveraged and so Rick and Brad got into a room with me in well that sounds weird <laughs> we got to, got into one very office room together in late 2021 thinking, okay, we've done a lot of business in the beauty space. What's next? What's next for the beauty category? And we were very clear on the fact that the next big beauty brand won't be something that starts in a lab, goes into PowerPoint and that uses internet to sell a physical object, which is what most beauty brands do today. It'll be something that starts digitally will have a great physical execution. It will be much more fluid as a digital product and a physical product. And what we realized that is, I mean, we're probably a little bit presumptuous because we were like, we can probably do something that's pretty dope and cool and innovative. But it it sounded very inauthentic to us to, to create a digital product, physical product, and then use the traditional sales channel. So we said, if we really want to do what's next for beauty industry, we need to think about how customers participate with the process differently and how they're not just a passive last chain as a consumer, but how are they how are they deciding what's being made? How do they feel invested in what's being made? How how is the platform not dependent on the next sort of replatforming from TikTok to whatever is next? And so we realized that really in order to create something that has longevity and that makes us excited also from sustainability, circularity, and just innovation standpoint, uh, we need customers to be 
stakeholders. We need them to be co-creators and we need them to be owners. And honestly, it was a bit of a bummer when we realized that we need blockchain for that because at that time, blockchain started to be a dirty word. And we were like, oh no, we need to go and like learn that entire ecosystem now. <laughs> but it really is, uh, as, of as of recording time, <laughs> the only technology stack that allows us to deliver on what we feel is the future, which is customers being co-creators and co-owners, not just consumers. And so um, that's how Kiki became a blockchain company. Okay. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many different components I want to play with on this. But I feel like for the listener who may or may not be really blockchain tuned in, because we started in like a Web3 capacity, we've since kind of moved and shifted our content to more consumer stuff. They might be thinking, digital makeup, like what does that even mean? Like what is the digital product? There's a physical product here. There's some blockchain that helps me be a co-owner in this business. Can you start to break apart the different components and help the consumer understand how they're engaging with Geeky World across these different um, pillars of the business? Sure, um, the trillion dollar question. <laughs> I'm going to try very simply. Um, look, um, I think often <laughs> we actually, um, small detour which may um the more blockchain consumers may have a hopefully find it a little funny i remember we spoke to one of the largest um conglomerates on earth when it gets to luxury and beauty and we we're talking about kiki and we did this entire pitch and we thought we were so clear and then by the time we describe what the blockchain stack is for which is ownership and sort of distributed connection of customers based on the products that they created they ask us whether that's like a metaverse filter and it was a completely unrelated, like we were just like, what? Like we literally re realized that we spoke for 20 minutes to abyss of just zero. So so I think that a lot of these words can get very convoluted. And I think where I would probably base my response is starting with what typically comes to mind, which is something analogous to virtual fashion. So right now, virtual fashion and AR connected to NFTs kind of occupies this space of like, that's something to do with metaverse that's something to do with like virtual consumer goods and there's this pipe dream that it will become interoperable and like we buy a dress and then we wear it as we go through internet now we all know that, that we're very very far away from that reality and i and and so when we look at beauty um and take that fashion pipe dream as a reference um, I would say that beauty is actually even further behind that. So right now, what we have in beauty is a AR filter, which um, I mean, okay, it's it's a great enhancement of a product page, but it's not really how we think about Kiki. It's about expression. So when we our our why behind Kiki was a customers need to participate in the process because convincing people that they need to buy something seems very. 90s or 80s or 20th century, whatever you want to call it. Why not just ask them what they want? But the other reason was how do we create expression in the physical world as easy as it is in the digital world? And so, yes, there is, I think there's an opportunity for digital products along the AR space, but that is actually not the core of our digital product at Kiki today. The way that we're thinking about Kiki digital product is, is the functionalities of things like voting and governance, which largely is actually off-chain for us today. So anybody can go on kiki.world and help us choose what's the next product that we're working on and work and vote on the attribute of that product. So what that means is, 
today is Pretty Nail Graffiti is a peelable nail polish. Why is it peelable? Because we want you to be able to express yourself. Who decided that nail polish should last a week or a month, depending on, like, it's it's really random. Depending on how indecisive you are. I like, it's like sacrificing my life to pick a color at the nail salon. Pick them all. Pick yeah. them all. And, um, and you can change them as often as you change your lips. So, like, that's sort of that, that's, that mimics sort of the, clickability of doing things online and just I think the contemporary state of mind where like you can be whoever whenever so we want to facilitate that and we're asking you to join us on the journey on on which color which scent so we just launched our first multi-attribute product so when you come to kiki.world you can choose which um, color of a product that we um is it that we launch and the most importantly whenever you vote you are rewarded with points again those points are off chain but we very much think about the vote and the points so points are points are fungible votes are there forever and we see for our literally every um vote that has gotten into creating the product that i'm holding in my hand right now it's 553 people that have voted this product into existence and those votes are represented on chain with a digital collectible which is on chain and it is on chain for a reason because now these people that created pretty nail graffiti and pearl can connect in the future we can create multiple different experiences for them in the future and if and when pearl becomes a multi-hundred million dollar product that was co-created by kiki world members they can further benefit from that and obviously that that is a very complex question in the u.s regulatory ecosystem right now but it's really building towards experiences based on customers and their preferences not based on our sales plan i would just like to state for the listener that i voted for pearl (laughs) so uh, thank you very much (laughs) but i think what you're really talking about like is is blockchain as a fundamental technology too? Like it's not a dirty word. It's a mechanism to make something happen that betters your business product, just like the internet is and all these other tech products we use from a day to day. Can you share a little bit more about um, some of the other mechanisms that you're incorporating into the product? I, I know it was in Nail Graffiti, but I'm, I think you might be iterating it, but how that you have this use to earn mechanism, which I think is just so freaking cool as you're tapping it on the screen. <laughs> yes. yes. And you know, before I joined this podcast, we were watching a customer pair live through our website and I nearly had tears in my eyes, which sounds, I'm probably just very tired to be honest, but <laughs> I think we're the first um, beauty brand to do this. And it's so usage in beauty Nobody knows when people or if people use product, the only point of reward is repurchase. And so that is, I think, incredibly lame for such an expressive category where the success of the category depends on people wearing and showing the product off. So in fashion, that's obviously a lot more clear because you just wear the garment, it's easy. But we're all, I think in average in, in America, women wear 12 to 25 beauty products a day a day, 12 to 25. And so it is ludicrous that you don't get rewarded for that, I think, or that there's no, there's no reciprocity around the fact that, yeah, you buy something twice, but then you wear it 30, 60, 90, 120 times, you're engaging with this product every day. Now, uh, if you think about something like Apple, like that's the basis of why they're the most valuable company on earth yet in beauty you just get this like object and then it's gone so we put nfc tags into each of the 
products that are co-created by our customers. We place them into the caps. Um, for people that are not seeing this, we actually have invested in metal aluminum tooling for our main components for circularity reasons. And that's a whole another element of Kiki and its physical product innovation. But from a digital perspective, we put it into a cap, which um, makes it easier to tap only when the product is open. And every time you tap, you uh, well, first time you get the product, you pair the product to your account, you get Kiki points. The reason why we also do that is so that when you return the product, you can be rewarded. Now the item is paired and serialized to your account. And when we return it into the ecosystem, you get personally rewarded for it. So you want to talk about circular economy. Well, there's very little incentive for it. So we're trying to not only design it that way, but also incentivize it that way. But the other thing is that every time you tap, you get Kiki points. And so there's opportunities to not only be rewarded, but create um point of use, just horrible, non-friendly word, but point of use experiences so we can help you create a look. You, you can have an AR experience, but at, at the very least, you get Kiki points. And Kiki points today are redeemable for US dollars on our website. So we're really putting money where the mouth is. And um, you can turn your usage into like a very substantial commercial benefit for the next beauty product that you buy with us and that you co-create with us. Okay. I'm breaking this down for the listener that has just joined the podcast for the first time, has no idea what blockchain is, no idea what NFC is, and uh, maybe not even familiar with like the world of software. So what I'm hearing, and Yana, please like help me find course here, is in the world of software or in the world of like digital goods, the more you consume them, the better off those companies are, right? We like to see usage. So if I buy a piece of software, software providers can see how frequently I use that software. And that inherently uh, shows them that I'm getting value from the product and shows their investors and the, the world, the markets at large, that this is indeed valuable. In the world of beauty today, we buy products at Sephora, we bring them home and the companies like Kiki World may or may not even know that that transaction happened at Sephora, may or may not know that that product is ever used in home and likely, uh, it, is contributing to like some sustainability issue where, you know, the product gets disposed of. What I'm hearing, correct me where I'm wrong, is that with Kiki World, when you buy a physical product, you have this mechanism on the product that you can connect to your phone and your phone then every time you use it provides you rewards for consuming the product. At the end of the day, Kiki World wants this, um, this vessel to come back to them because you guys will reuse that. And so there's also rewards on the back end. Once I fully consume this, not only did I get rewards for consuming it all the way, um, but I also get rewarded for sending the product back so you guys can use it. And so that this is kind of a sustainable circular model overall. Is that right? Thousand percent. You're doing such better job than I am after my very, very long day. So please, please come be our spokesperson. That is hundred percent it. <laughs> I, there's like so many elements to this that I think are completely They're like solving the world's problems. It's you like beauty, sustainability, tech, platform, like it's everything. And also it's like the, the promised land of fidgetal that I think people have been geeking out over for the last couple of years is actually all coming true through Kiki world. And I, I mean, I just have to call this out. Like, I love that it's a beauty use case. Like- <laughs> We run the world of girls. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And if you've seen their website and all of their product branding, it's the nicest looking thing that's ever 
been involved with blockchain. I'll tell you that right now. They're your branding and your like, it's just like, it's a brand you want to buy from. And the average person probably doesn't know it's blockchain enabled. And you're just like, this is hot. This is sexy. This looks cool. This looks trendy. I'm in. And I think that is just a lot of like what's missing for mainstream adoption of this tech. It's like, I, we need, we need women. We need women. We need marketers. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I think, you know, our internal, it is our internal parameter to separate digital and physical after we, after we've created this ecosystem and platform and, and everything that you just said, but to, but to think if somebody sees Kiki on a table in a restaurant or in Sephora or in Ulta, whatever, and they don't know anything else about it. They don't know that there's a platform. They don't know that it's a customer created product. They don't know that there's an, they don't know any of that. Is it the most innovative product in that category? And it needs to pass this test. And it is our test that we have internally because we do take sort of the responsibility to create um, products seriously. We don't want to just be another brand. And I often talk about design being the language of adoption, like this and this are the same products. Uh, for custom for somebody well, let's say this is not a video podcast so I'm holding a traditional um uh we'll, we'll clip model. it and show them <laughs> so so and we could just we could just everything on the platform digital blockchain side we could associate it with this product uh we would never ever 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 do that so this is a circular version of this product that um is airtight has properties that have never been put inside of this bottle and also is tech enabled. And also the story is told through a vessel that just the world has never seen. And so I think it is very important to us to serve every customer and not just the customer that would have listened to this podcast or come to one of my many TED talks that I give throughout the day, <laughs> but just to love it because it's an expressive product and they just need to pick it up and love it. And I think one of the things that makes me very excited is that this co-creation thesis gives us a lot of license to iterate. And that's actually something that is dear to techno tech companies. It's a big part of the culture is that you, you iterate and you, it's not a big part of the culture in the consumer world. Just think about like the consumer world is rooted in iconic products that never change. It's almost celebrated for the opposite than the tech world is celebrated for. And so with Kiki actually, um, and Lauren, you may, you may have experienced this. We're on iteration number four of this component since we launched, because we learned so many things about how we can optimize like the way that the button moves, the way that the formula stays inside and in and, and the different colors that we created because Again, not to get ahead of many questions, but one of the things that we have actually learned, well, we've been live for three months, so I'm sure we're going to continue to learn a lot, is that customers voted for the colors that we totally did not anticipate. So Lauren, you mentioned you voted for Pearl. Pearl was a very last minute addition. We had sort of internal heroes as we were going into the process um, that our investors loved, like since we were stealthy, like when we were giving it to people. People, they like randomly love sort of what we already told them to love. And once we kind of put it out there to vote with no commentary, the things that we were like, in my mind, we were definitely going to make ended up last. Nobody, nobody voted for those. And that actually makes me so incredibly excited and supportive of this hope and vision that we have that when there's a decentralized process around creation, and obviously we're very, we're not truly decentralized today, but we're very much building the platform with clear next steps on what's the next step and what's the next step in the decentralization, you can get innovation outcomes that you can't even imagine today. And that is, I think, the world that we're excited to live in and the world that will create 
wealth rewards and just better, better products for everybody. I love that you guys are so focused on co-creation. I imagine that there's probably a lot of exciting things that come behind that, like discovering that Pearl is the number one color. And you guys didn't even think of that when you were doing the innovation process. I also imagine that it can be challenging and exciting in the product development process because you're trying to get ahead of these things. You're trying to make sure that like at the end of the day, you're a physical inventory goods company. Um, so walk us through, you've launched two rounds of products. Give us insight into your product development process and then the unique ways that your consumers are co-creating and making decisions with you guys. So we have a live leaderboard on everything that you vote on on our products. So if you go on Kiki.World and you cast your vote, you can see which products is winning today. And I think, you know, compared to a traditional world where you have 12 to 36 months development times, so you invest in 10, 20, 100,000 components, and then you figure out how to sell them. What we were able to do with Pearl is that one week after the customer voted on the product, we shipped the first Pearl to our customers. That is, you know, not to toot our horn too much and not to overpromise on some of the other more complex categories, but that is completely unheard of from a consumer world. Like we literally cut the timeline by three years. Now, I will say it's one week, one year in the making, and there's an incredible amount of regulatory compliance and testing that, that allows us to then do that and thought process that unlocks innovation on the supply chain side that we can then leverage to create these experiences for our customers. And we're very thoughtful about what are the categories that we play in and where we can offer this experience. So right now uh, with Pearl or with Pretty Nail Graffiti, which is our peelable nail polish, you vote on one attribute, which is color. Uh, we just launched our first dual attribute product, which is one night hair strand, one night strand. It's a wash of hair color and you can vote on color and fragrance. But when you look at our supply chain backend, we actually see these products as 21 plus attribute items. And we are working towards a world where these attributes can be much more sort of mix and match. Now, all of that is a very, very long game in digitizing supply chain and digitizing the way that we think about attributes and formulation and leveraging some of the latest supply chain techniques about robotics and precision dosing of pigments, about even creating some, some of the pigment and some of the chemistries that allow you to formulate this quickly. And obviously it's on a bedrock of solid regulatory, um, I don't want to say constraints because they're there for a good reason. And obviously we take safety and compliance very seriously at Kiki, but there's an immense amount of preparation that allows us to then put these attributes to our customers and deliver within two weeks of what they uh, vote on into final finished product. But what it means for us is that we're not creating inventory that nobody wants. We're not placing large orders of, we're not tying up a lot of our cash in, in, in these products. And I will say it's very divisive because most suppliers prefer to get large orders and prefer to just not deal with it. And I think it's very exciting for us to challenge the industry through and through and say to the right partners, hey, like, isn't this exciting that you see live today? And the suppliers that we work with love that. They're like, oh my God, I see that this color is winning. Maybe we can improve it a little bit. Like, you know, they get invested in the process. And that's 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 really, I think, again, speaking to the market efficiencies that we create when we work this way rather than working top down and working in a more centralized way. 
you touched on kind of some of your suppliers and manufacturers being hesitant to work with you for that reason, um, which I imagine, you know, you're, you're, you're really shaking up the industry. The tech is different. The way the product looks is different. The product is different. The supply chain is different. Talk to me about how you've been received in the beauty industry so far, kind of what those conversations have been like. And obviously no need to name names or share anything you're, you can't share, but I think it'd be interested, interesting to just hear kind of how beauty and all of these like brands that have been around forever are really looking at Kiki World and how, how they've been receiving you in the industry. Uh, I think it's a little bit early to say. I think that, you know, beauty is one of the categories that has a relatively low barrier to entry and there's a lot of play I think that people kind of wait to see if like new entrant is to be taken seriously <laughs> and so I think we're in that probing period right now but I will say you know our role is not we see our role in the beauty industry and our hope for the beauty industry is that we can actually collaborate with a lot of lot of a lot of parts of the beauty industry because as I mentioned we're building physical ecosystem of products but in order to do that in a way that serves our customer we actually need to build a platform that we see other customers being able to use as well. And so, uh, you know, we come in peace and we come in, uh, <laughs> we come in, uh, in hopes and goals of collaborating on digitizing the beauty industry so that it can serve the customer better. And as a result of that, it will create some misallocation initially, but it will ultimately optimize everything that we're doing. And so we're, we're cautiously optimistic. I think that we've actually had incredible inbound from some of the largest companies in the world and from some of the largest retailers in the world that see what we're doing. And when you're at a multi-billion dollar scale, you, you understand how important the problems that we're solving for are. I think that there's probably a lot of people that are looking at us and are probably thinking, like that it's like a marketing spiel or something. And I'm like, no, 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 we're, we've actually built others. We're actually operating like this. We get asked for samples from editors and like, we don't have them because we don't know what we're going to create. So like, you know, there's there's things that we're, we're learning as to do well as a beauty company that we can't service the industry in a way that it's been served. Like, so for example, when you pitch a buyer, or when you pitch an editor, you bring this product that is in stealth that nobody's seen. We're like, well, it doesn't exist, but you can cover the fact that it's being created. And they're like, well, how? Like they've never, <laughs> that's just not been done before. So I, I would say it's definitely not without challenges, but I, I'm excited to crack the code on those things. And I think, um, and I think, um, I, th I think the initial receipt on, I would say the very stealthy type inbound that we've had that hopefully you'll see come out in our roadmap in the next couple of months has been very, very, very positive. Um, but obviously I'm, I'm from Eastern Europe, so I'm also suspicious and I'm like ready for an attack whenever. <laughs> I, I might inquire about this. So there's like, we've had a few founders similar to you that are completely disruptive. They're playing in the consumer goods space. Like you know, there's a physical product at the end of the day, but they're inventing new technology that is groundbreaking, earth shattering. And that is a component of the business as well. When you think about the aspiration for Kiki, is it to become the next, you know, billion dollar beauty brand? Is it to become this technology platform that all beauty brands will be able to leverage to build kind of the future of beauty collectively? Is it both? Do you have to make a choice? How do you how do you play with that question? You're asking her probably the the question that she thinks about going to bed at night. <laughs> I know. I'm like, if like if I'm an investor, if I'm if I'm I am, I am a walking you know, question. Well, everything you just said is like, I am the walking 
uh, question <laughs> that you just articulated. Um, look, um, well, you are a fabulous walking question mark. Let me say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's very generous. Look, um, we're in a very privileged position with the current interest that we have for what we're doing that we don't have to choose right now. And I think the, the honest answer is that, and I, and I like to make this analogy with, it's a little bit dangerous to say it publicly because it is a little bit, a little bit icky, but, um, but I think it, it, it really answers where we're at as Kiki. So Apple, in order to launch iPhone, had its supply chain of third-party partners to do physical stuff. So that's very analogous to us. But in order for iPhone to work really, really well, it needed to build its own software then that had ecosystem partners. And I think the, the reality is in order for, for Kiki to do what we stated it will be doing for our customers, we need to build our own tech stack underneath it. It doesn't exist. And it's like, so it's, it's, it's not like we're doing double, we're doing maybe 1.2 uh, by making the tech stack available to others. And so I do think that there's an opportunity for Kiki to be, you know, both, and this is, I'm going to say this and now we have to do this because <laughs> I'm going to say this publicly, but for Kiki to be both the Apple of the physical product and the iCloud that's underneath that. And I think that is the ultimate ambition and this is the ultimate possibility. Um, and, you know, then on the, I would say, on the cynical and practical and cash flow consideration, we obviously then have also a little uh, luxury and curse of skewing our focus to where we see the business being more profitable and successful at any given time. But the reality is that in order to deliver on our roadmap, we need to build both technology and the physical product. And they both have a very different sort of revenue profile going forward. And they're both very, I'd say beauty is the highest margin category in the world. Uh, and I've actually seen some interesting um, data around it actually outperforming SaaS in terms of like M&A and other things as well. So again, we're building Kiki for customers. And I will say there's actually a third outcome. And I think that's an outcome of some of our investors are betting for and are excited about not to put words in their mouth, but is that we can, you know, there's, there's, there's a whole world of tokenization and full decentralization. And so, so there's multitude of, of, of roadmaps, but I think, you know, for us, it's really about being customer centric about creating products and experiences that people love. And if we do that well, uh, we can we can do a lot. If we don't do that well, I always say, well, we can sell some cool nail polish, but, but <laughs> that's also actually not so terrible. But we Which would also be more than most people have ever done in their lives, building a dope nail polish business. So like <laughs> things aren't looking bad. Yeah. As you look at kind of what beauty is today, what it's been in the past and what it can be in the future and kind of these beauty trends that come and go and the problems that need to be solved in the landscape. Can you just share maybe some of your your thoughts on the future of beauty or predictions kind of on beauty trends um, today and in the future or just any trends you absolutely hate or love? <laughs> so um, I have one technology uh, prediction and hope and something that we're actually working on as well. So um, I do think that it's bizarre that AR as a, as a, like AR is three times more engaging than video. Video drives purchasing of consumer goods and AR is not, AR is currently subsidized by companies in beauty. So I think, you know, we're thinking a lot about like if a creator creates a look just for AR, what is the creator economy around AR experiences? So I think that that is sort of a white space where we think that we can contribute to meaningfully. Um, and I think, and I, and I see a lot of sort of movement in that direction, though much less than I would anticipate given just how big of an opportunity this is. Um, the other prediction is more of 
like the ongoing trend of like higher customer acquisition costs, higher, um, like lower loyalty. I think, again, that's what we're solving for. That's with our business model. Um, but I do think that that will continue to accelerate. I think that the loyalty to brand, you know, beauty is a, it's a category that you show by product, not necessarily by a brand. And also then by definition, you just are swayed to the next product that you see on the next creator and next TikTok. And so I think to, to an ex that's not to a fault, like that's what makes the category fun. And I think some of that will always just be the case because beauty is a, you know, it's not like when you go buy shoes several times a year, it's like beauty, you just pick up things on the go because it's a, you know, 10, 20, 30, $50 purchase. And so, then you have that beauty drunk drawer of like all the graveyard of like things you've tried, but like you don't want to throw away because you might use them again. But like you just have like the graveyard. Does everyone have that? Or is it just me? 100%. Like, that's the perfect word for it. The beauty graveyard. Yeah. I have like, I have this like drawer under our medicine drawer. My boyfriend is like, Lauren, this is just like a deep pile of shit. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. I might really try this new lip color or something. Like it's just ridiculous. Okay. And so I, th so I do think that business models like ours will open people's eyes to the fact that it's unnecessary, that like they can really tell people what they want and they can create products. Uh, but I do think that in the meantime, this will accelerate, like, um, you know, the, the way that platform adoption and rise accelerates and then people move on to the next thing. I do think that that will accelerate. And therefore, I think that what we do with Kiki is very important. And I hope to contribute to just a fresh look on how and why we buy and use the beauty products that we do. Well, ultimately, with I would just like to stress, like Kiki is that expression company. It should be fun and easy and just like kind of you do you vibes. So that is ultimately the experience that we're looking to create. But um, hopefully with a visceral add-on experience that there's a much better business model from both sustainability and digital ownership side on the other side as well. Okay, my guess is somebody's listening to this and they're like, major girl crush vibes. Yana is the coolest chick I've ever heard speak on a podcast. I love the way that she's approaching beauty and bringing technology as a lens. Um, you're inspiring is what I'm saying. I imagine, <laughs> I imagine there's a few people in your corner who've inspired you along the way. Who are some of the people that you look to for inspiration or that have just been um, the, the person you needed in your corner at the time to keep you moving? Well, uh, I did not prepare for this question. Was it included? I bet it it was, but oh you can, goodness. but you can just throw anything out there. It's, it's casual. Okay. Um, okay. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for the compliment. I actually don't get it very often. I, um, I think I have a way to grow as like a people person because I tend, I, the feedback I typically get is that I'm not like soft enough for the U.S. ecosystem. <laughs> So, this is like the so problem you with it really well over Zoom. That, this is kind. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the first time I met you, I was like obsessed. And I think that there's this like vibe that like women need to be soft and warm. When was the last time you were like, I don't like that dude. He's not soft enough. Like we don't say that about men. Like I feel like no. we feel like women have to be warm and soft, which is just a bunch of bullshit. Women can be whatever. Yeah, they want. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure. I would pin it to like the female thing. I just, I do think that I have. You know, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is I'm growth focused. So thank you for. I love it. <laughs> so I, I definitely think I can do better. And look, I mean, I've met a lot of people along the way that have um, enabled my journey to even be like breathe the American air, so to say. And I, I think there's probably more than a few that I could name here. I, I think for purposes of this conversation, I definitely want to recognize Ricky and Brandon, who are the co founders of Kiki. I think that the way that we 
have very specialized roles within the business, but totally have each other back is very unique. And again, I've been around business long enough to also have seen founder relationships go sideways. And so I really do not take for granted any one day that we spend in this sort of harmonious um, co-creation space. And I will say, I do want to also give a shout out. Earlier this year, we were selected for um, A16Z Crypto Startup School which frankly, we, uh, we uh, have a whole funny story around that as well. Uh, well. Let's just say that we already had one investor, which is a really like a prestigious, incredible investor. And I knew that we needed a leading tech investor because I had this suspicion that the best engineers in the world don't really want to go work for a beauty brand. And so I was like, okay, we need a badass tech investor to attract badass tech talent. And so... I was like, let's email A16Z. So, and I thought it was an incredibly long shot. And we got on the phone. We got a call back like 30 minutes later, which again, like kudos. Uh -huh. Everything they say about themselves is true. Like they put, like, and they said, well, look, we like incredible use of blockchain. We can't believe we haven't thought of it before. Beauty is so visceral. It like all makes sense. Come to crypto startup school. And I'm like, school like I don't have time to go to school we like we just took investment like we have a launch timeline I don't I, like I can't I can't go we have like we have so much work You're to like, do I'm an educated woman I'm good with school I, I don't need to go back to school and I know I mean could again kudos to their team they're like maybe you should google it and like we should have a call tomorrow <laughs> and then I, then I google it I was like oh it's like Brian Armstrong and like the whole gang like an accelerator like, you're like no. <laughs> maybe we should go to school but I will say, so I think there were over 8,000 applicants that applied for Crypto Startup School. We, we became very lucky to be part of the 26 company cohort. And I will say that this is probably the first time in my life that I really felt there's, a, there's, a, there's an insanely smart, dedicated, like incredible group of people that are in our corner and that um, we can turn to for, with any questions or operating support. And I do think that that made Kiki better. And we're very grateful to to have the support of the A16Z crypto team. They're incredible. And um, yeah, very viscerally felt across our entire team. We always like to end the podcast with a product, a trend, and a piece of content that you're loving right now. So pimp out your favorite products, trends, maybe a book, podcast, show you watched on Netflix. I have a feeling you're not watching a lot of Netflix right now. You're a busy lady. But um Give us a product, a trend, and a piece of content. Well, so I'm 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 gonna have to give you Kiki play pay marker. I'm sorry, like Kiki play pay marker and oh, Shimmer, which people <laughs> voted for. It's the most complex, iridescent development that has ever been put on anybody's face. And uh, we're actually tonight in New York with Boys Club. It's being debuted with a makeup artist. And that I parties happening tonight in New York with Boys Club. Oh my god. I have so much FOMO now. I was seeing that on Twitter today and their parties are just the best. If, if you make it there, we have still one path for you. So <laughs> you'll, you know, jump on the We're actually going to leave this podcast right now to board a flight. Head so. to the airport. <laughs> but honestly, play paint marker. And again, not to take, not to take you through the entire TED talk, but it, there's a 16 times more product in that product than any other product in that category currently in beauty. So from just sustainability and it makes sense perspective, it's amazing. There's an, an incredible calligraphic brush to paint, not just a liquid liner. If that's your thing, obviously feel free, but almost like a temporary tattoo kind of creativity on face and body, which I just think is very sort of primal and visceral to how humans are. And I'm very excited to create a product 
using the latest biotech and tech that allows us to to, to do that. So that would have to be my favorite product. As, did you say favorite podcast or trend, media? trend or piece of trend. a trend and then a piece of content? You can say a trend you're obsessed with right now, or you could say a trend you hate. Mm. Okay, I hated the Barbie thing. I really cannot. No more Barbie. I'm done. I never like. Not a thing for me. Barbie that is a really hot take, but I, I'll, I'll I'll take it. Yeah, I'm not a Barbie girl. Like f Barbie. I'm done. Done. I just don't want to see any Barbie. Like I can't wait for Halloween to be over. Like it. It's just. So you're not- saying there's no Kiki Barbie collab coming. <laughs> well look I mean I can't say that because people you know Vox Populi Vox Day so that's why people (laughs) will not be voting for that one so um so yeah I just I really think that like you know on one hand I I don't know there's a lot of room for playfulness I I don't want to over intellectualize Barbie I think like you know I, I had the doll and that was a big privilege in the Czech Republic growing up I had one it was a big deal so like I I think that's great but I don't need to hear about it in my 30s like I'm done I'm done. So, um, and then podcast, I will say, like, I'm a huge online podcast person. Mm-hmm. I love that whole thing. I mean, I just think, I, I, and, I, and I think the value for that, for me in that is the discourse. And I think making discourse normalized is something that I really, like, it's a sigh of relief. That's what I thought America was about. And I was a little bit scared the last couple of years when it was not okay to have certain opinions. And so I think that, um, uh, yeah, that's an important podcast, and I and I and I, you know, I get a, I get a kick out of it. I love I love the vibes. Yeah, I, I, we're both listeners as well. You'd also probably like group chat podcast. It's pretty similar. It's a group of guys who have built businesses in LA. Big fan of that one as well. It's uh-huh. nice to just have like the hot takes, the what they really think, the back and forth. It's I'll check it out and I'm and I'm actually I do think that there is like a um, white space for women, like for cool women, not like. No Barbie, no girl boss, no. <laughs> just no Barbie. Yeah, I know. There was actually, there was a Twitter thread going around, like, who's going to start the all-in of cool chick? Someone tagged you in it, actually. I saw you. And I, I, was, I probably tagged you in it because I'm like, all in. All in. <laughs> You're like, I'll start it. You should, you should start a podcast is what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> just with all your free no, no, time. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in 2037. just in case you do decide to start a podcast no i'm just kidding where can people find and connect with you and the kiki world brand and um is there a product that if it's their first kiki product they buy that they should go and grab i will have to go with play paint marker like nail is a very specific category so play paint marker will be live in two weeks so i don't know when we're launching this but it's launching it's live now go shop it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ah, there you go. Uh, so play paint marker. Um, and we're on kiki.world on the website. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram everywhere. Kiki world uh, and some underscores hashtag startup life. <laughs> uh, but kiki world altogether. You can find us on all major platforms and really excited to hear everybody's thoughts, feedback. We do, we are a co-creation platform. So if you've always wanted to uh, create a product or improve a product that you just can't find, tell us, we hope to make it with you together not for you (laughs) thank you yana thanks for listening connect with us on our socials at allow list vip and if you've made it this far you probably enjoyed the conversation or you fell asleep (laughs) so if you wouldn't mind take one minute to rate and review the show wherever you're listening